Hello, beautiful people. Well, I've been mentioning it for a while, and it's finally here. My play Tinkerbell opens at Adventure Theater MTC, June 22nd. Directed by Nick Olcott and starring Michelle Pallera in the title role, this multicolored tale tells the familiar story from Tinkerbell's point of view, including her meeting of Peter Pan and triumph at the Battle for Neverland. It's suitable for all ages, and I really hope you can come to town and see it. I'm very proud of the work we put into the show. The cast is amazing, the design is fantastic, and I cannot wait for everyone to see it. Go to adventuretheater-mtc.org for tickets and performance information. Tinkerbell opens June 22nd at Adventure Theater MTC. I hope I can see you there. Before we get started, I need to thank another Patreon patron. Thank you, Heather Jackson. Heather is a freelance costume designer here in D.C. with some excellent credits to her name, and I'm thrilled she likes this podcast enough to give us some of those freelance earnings. Thank you, Heather. Want to get thanked on the air? Just go to patreon.com slash originalcastpod and greet your new overlord, the original cast. There are a few tiers of patronage, but they all come with access to our bonus monthly podcast, the original cast at the movies. Our pilot episode on Moulin Rouge is available on this feed so you can sample before you buy. May's film is Who is Harry Kellerman and Why is He Saying Those Terrible Things About Me? Yes, that is the full title of the movie from 1971, starring Dustin Hoffman, written by Herb Gardner, music and lyrics by Shel Silverstein. It's not a traditional musical, but it's one of my favorite films, and we talk about it with perennial guest favorites, Carrie Ginsburg and Roddy Flynn. Again, patreon.com slash originalcastpod. All right, here's the show. Whenever my world falls apart, I never lose hope or lose heart. Whatever the form of the storm that may brew, not with you to lean on, darlings, you. Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today is a journalist, James Bond aficionado, part-time boxing instructor, many, many things. Mm-hmm. It's Chris mm-hmm. Klimek, everybody. Hello, everyone. How are you? Uh, great. Good. Great. Doing well? Feeling well? You have a busy day. I, I do. <laughs> I do. I'm sweet. You know, uh, later on, I'm, I'm seeing the new Avengers movie, and then I'm seeing the Drood Theater production of Waiting for Gatto. So um, yeah. this is of a piece. Ooh, with the with, friends with pronunciation, that, There too. was... Uh, I, it's the one that Beckett preferred. It's about. true. Well, yeah, he wrote it in French, I guess, right? So. Oh, did he? <laughs> yes. I did. Okay. This is, we may as well get my lack of education out here now, because I, I do not have the pedigree of your, of the uh, average. your average guest. Oh, yeah, well. Uh, no, I, I am uh, uh, punching up or something. <laughs> that's good. No, punching up's good. Well, and you picked a show. <laughs> I did. With punching uh, in it <laughs> and a lot to punch. And then you chose. Uh, I chose It's a Bird, It's a Plane. I say classic, the um, musical based on a, a classic comic book character that uh, ran from 1966 to 1966. Yes, 129 performances. Um, Which, I mean, that sounds like a lot to me, but I, I realized that. Well, it's more it's, than some. <laughs> it's not as many as others, certainly. Uh, I looked up the original New York Times review because I was very interested to know how this show was received. And... Um, I think the phrase damning with faint praise is probably more, most accurate. Oh, it's, man. Yeah. Um, the headline is, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman, it's a musical, and it's here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, yeah. There's uh, a sentence, I'm not going to, I can't find it quickly. Oh, it's easy. I, I, I feel like the, and it's here, is, uh, I'm, I'm speaking as a critic now, Patrick. I, yes. I think that's putting a hat on a hat. Yeah, it I does feel that way. it's a musical is a funnier joke. It's a, yeah, it's a musical. Uh the, the second paragraph opens, it's easily the best musical so far this season, but because that season is so damp, a com- uh, the season is so damp a compliment, I add it once that it would be enjoyable in any right. season. Yeah, it's... Uh, and not a not a bad... Se- I mean, Man of La Mancha is that season? And yes, what's the, well, other, the season what's got the other better. One that, uh, Man okay, of La Mancha so and um, Mame okay. were the big shows that year. And big shows they were. So I don't see... <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I don't see any issue with that being uh, right. You know, and and uh, surely those those have already been been covered in exhaustive detail on the original cast. Actually, so, uh, uh, Man of La Mancha has, but Mame has not. We've done Man of La Mancha okay. twice, uh, and Can Robbie Rizel. Rob, <laughs> you can't actually because Robbie Rizel up in New York has reserved Mame for when he comes down. Um, but so, how did it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman, or Superman turn off the dark, as my wife calls it? Yeah. <laughs> how did that? Uh, <laughs> that's very good. That's good. Enough. I think it was through uh, Benton and Newman, the the book mm-hmm. writers, because yeah. they they were among the several writers who contributed to to Superman the motion picture. There's a pedigree in, in the authorship uh, in of this 1978. show. There, there, there yeah. really is. Yeah, these guys. Uh, I guess this is um, about a year before they blow up with Bonnie and Clyde. Right. And I. I think they were magazine writers before that. Yes, I, um, yes. And Benton's on his way. I mean, fifteen years later, to a couple Oscars for uh, oh, Kramer versus Kramer, Kramer, Kramer and, and uh, yeah. Places in the Heart. I mean, he's yeah, he's the real deal. Sure. So I mean, you can. It's it's a clear through line. <laughs> yes, um, absolutely straight line. You could draw. So, right. This is one of, one of the many connections between um, Superman, the 1978 Richard Donner film, and right. Superman, the 1966 Hal Prince musical. That's right. probably what got me interested in it initially. Mm-hmm. Um, w- one of those connections being that the actor playing Superman is third build. Yes. In... <laughs> and never did Broadway yep. again. I, it was the sad thing to learn. And, and going to Bob Holiday sounds like such a, like that sounds like a made up Broadway star name. Yes. Like, I, I don't know if there Bob was uh, yeah. Sounds I, like a I feel like I was, I was listening it's... to an episode of Broadway is my beat on um, <laughs> the big, big broadcast. And you know, Bob Holiday was the Holiday. murder victim or something. <laughs> Who didn't want to kill Bob Holiday? <laughs> right. Everyone's a suspect. <laughs> yeah, it's a show. It's an it's a little enigma of a show to me. I mean, as you say, music by Charles Strauss, lyrics by Lee Adams, they of Bye Bye Birdie at Al, um, directed and, and, by uh, Al Golden Prince. Boy. Well, yeah, they which, have. Which let me let me just make a lot of enemies here and say Uh-oh. I think that show is really dumb. Golden oh, is that Boy. a controversial No, no. Here, topic? here I am defending. It's a bird. It's <laughs> I was a plane. To say and, uh, you're, you're uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that is the, the, the that is the. Um, I mean, applause and Annie would be bigger than you know. You could take those two shows down if you wanted to. Uh, I, mean, I mean, Golden Boy. That is the musical of the Clifford Odets Golden Boy, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, what you're about I, the, the 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 pianist boxer. Got right. Do people Got like it. that better than? I don't know. I mean, that's the. Uh, it's that's always. I mean, that for me is a play. That's a uh, Barton Fink connection for me <laughs> purely. Uh, it's a wrestling picture. I remember seeing this CD when I used to buy CDs as a kid, getting into cast albums on the rack and sort of going. It wasn't like because I only had was a limited a wire amount rack of money. That said, hey, kids, CDs. Right. Well, it was. The, it, well, it was. The, it was at the Rainbow Records on Concord Mall in Wilmington, mm. Delaware, where I grew up, and uh, on Concord Pike, pardon me, and. Um, I just would, you'd pick it up and it would be this weird thing of it just like, it's got a weird cover with all that text on it, not a lot of graphic. And I just kept like, I always wanted to get it, but I only had a limited amount of money to spend and it just didn't look any good but it the doesn't more I learned look about like it's theater, the, the officially was... licensed cast album it looks like you're yeah. getting a bootleg maybe that's somebody... yeah a little bit that somebody just sort of <laughs> yeah. has and it was 15 dollars or something you know and uh, in the 90s that's, that's a lot money. of money yeah yeah, yeah. So I just never got it. But then when I got older and had disposable income, I, I grabbed it. And uh, it's it's a, it's a funny show. It was sort of my... I, I like it. I mean, I, I sort of feel like it was written after uh, after the principals, you know, were given like a 15-minute primer on Superman. Right. <laughs> and the, the uh, uh, I guess it would be not quite 30-year history of the, the character at that point. It, it, it just sort of feels like, like all of the... Um, sort of musical cliches of the era kind of sandwiched into the show about a guy who <laughs> who'll never stop doing good, you know, and, and what could I do with X-ray vision? And, it, right. you know, it, it really sounds like we're, we're going with our first thought about each of these. It, yeah. Concepts. Oh, absolutely. It, I'm, it's sort of unclear to me who started this whole thing. Uh, because it feels on one level to me like a, um, like a like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like a a franchise grab. I mean, kind of like it's Superman. Right. Sure, he's popular. The Batman TV show is coming out. We it's should, at the same we time. Make a I, I right. think yeah, the Batman the TV year. show you know premiered almost uh, concurrently with yeah. this, and, and was a huge hit. So it, it, yes, and it, you know flamed out quickly, but not right, as quickly but as burned as this. very brightly when yeah. it flamed out so yeah. quickly. Uh, yeah, not as quickly as this, and it's just a weird. 
I don't know if it was Hal Prince's idea that they should get the rights and do this, or if it was <laughs> definitely seems like a like Newman a, and Betton's idea. A, I don't. It seems like a producer's well, that, that idea. Would be it important seems like no, this will be a musical. And I, and I think there, I, no one's willing to take credit for it. Though, I think there I think. is a there is a, a history of this out there that I, I should have taken the initiative to to locate, um, for um, for which Bob Holiday at least was was interviewed. Yeah, <laughs> I think his uh, bio. Uh, it's a little I know about it. Is it's. Um, Similar to uh, you know Michael Shelfling from Sixteen Candles, where oh, apparently sure. after this, after that, he, yeah. he returned to the furniture business, right? After, and was like, I don't want to do the home this building anymore. business after. Yeah. Uh, That's okay. Yeah, his I'm brush fine. Of fame. I'm good. Yeah. No big deal. I, I, yeah, it's it's kind of inexplicable. And what's most inexplicable to me about it, however, is that it has a plot wholly conceived of for the show. It is not based on. It's not Superman's origin story. It's not, you know, no, Superman rise to power. But, but it is full of all the classic characters you remember from the Superman strip and comics like Max Mencken. Right. And, and Abner, what's his face? Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> yeah it's the good old Abner, what's ten his Ten-time Nobel Abner Prize Sedgwick. loser. He's, yes. he's like the Roger Deakins of the, the Nobel Prize. <laughs> that joke has expired now. Because it has. He, he he finally won. Won. Well, you can make it now because he thank, finally thank won. God. Yes. Yeah. For... Uh, yeah, it, it kind of feels like maybe they they had to retcon something else into a Superman themed show very quickly. Well, and, uh, and and of course it has the classic uh, Chinese gangsters. Right. Um, I mean, we've already invested in in these these evil Chinese acrobats. Uh, change to uh, pinstriped D's and D's gangsters for the 1975 ABC TV yes, adaptation. Yes. Because they had those costumes already lying made, around, I guess. right? I, uh, I don't know why. We I, certainly I can't state that as fact. I don't know if we were a lot more racially woke in 1975, <laughs> but I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe somebody was just like, "Guys, no, we're yeah. not doing that." Yeah. I mean, this is this is still three years before before the movie. <laughs> Say, Jim. Right. <laughs> uh, you so, think this is a good idea? Yeah. Uh gosh. Yeah, so, could you t- uh, think you could summarize the plot of "It's a Bird, It's a Planet" Superman? Um. <laughs> Because I'd be a little hard pressed to. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. Uh, Superman is sad. Wait, no, sorry, that was. Uh, I think I was summarizing the plot of the Brian Singer Superman Returns. Returns, yes, two thousand six. And then we're he's sad at the beginning, and we're sad at the end. That there is a there there is a mopey song, and that no, so so yeah, um, he's got a mopey song. uh, Basically, there's a sort of predatory. Big shot columnist uh, Max Mencken at mm-hmm. the the Daily Planet, and boy, did they even call it the Daily Planet in the show? I don't. I don't. But they yeah, have Perry White, I, so right. They, Perry White he's is one there. Of the three characters who makes it in. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so Max Mencken has designs on Lois, who only has eyes for Superman, which will remain a right. know, a through line through. Uh, obviously, this works much better if you have uh, Clark be the the sort of uh, newsroom right. editor for for Superman. For Superman with Lois, yeah. Um, also, because we like Clark, and, right. and you know, and Mencken is a is, is a, a heel yeah. in, uh, in this show, um, and boy, played I, by Jack Cassidy, who is famous for playing <laughs> heels and seemed to have a lot of experience in yeah. real life being heels. So, uh, and, and apparently, he's he's also um, a Broadway critic in this show. I, I think oh, Mencken is. A, yeah, oh, I, yeah, and that's, that's why a, they made him a villain, right? Kind of I mean, this joke. is a, there, there's a, a lot of presentations um, of uh, hmm. theater critics in movies and, and yeah. plays where you know you you do this among your other jobs which now is is quite accurate um yes <laughs> but uh i think at the time there probably were more yeah. full-time theater uh, critics theater reviewers especially in a major city like metropolis uh, right right um <laughs> let's see so i i think the the plot is basically that that max and uh abner 10-time pulitzer loser uh, no, Nobel. L- Nobel loser. Nobel loser right. Okay, so we're going to call him Abner Nobel. Abner Nobel. No, I wrote his name down. What? Uh, Abner, uh, Abner Sedgwick. Dr. Abner, Abner Sedgwick. Sedgwick. Sure. Uh, not Brainiac. <laughs> Sounds like a... <laughs> nope. Not Mr. Mitzelflick. That would have been good. Oh, yeah. That would have been fun. Right, right. I mean... Can you imagine a song with Mr. Mitzelflick? I mean, the, there it? is nothing I love more than, than Tortured Rhymes. And this is already a show that, that gives us... I guess the best pulmonary clinic in in, in, in the U.S. Well, it's is dry even out in there. The, sure, sure. Uh, Pre-Breaking Bad ever. R- right. Uh, <laughs> so that that would have been a real a real challenge. Um, 
so I basically I, I think it's Sedgwick and Mencken team up to to get Superman out of the way. Um, right. Because Mencken wants Lois and Sedgwick. Well, I Sedgwick can't wants to Sedgwick prove that he's Superman. actually worthy of a Nobel Prize. So he right. figures if he can destroy Superman, it will there will be no dispute. He's the greatest right. scientist. And ever. somehow we're going to we're going to engineer prize. an earthquake that's going to break the West Coast off of the continental United States right. and inflate the land value of right. Otisburg. Yeah. Wait, I'm conflating. You can inflate it all back. Otisburg. I... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> The best part. Sorry, okay. Otis Berg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm glad I caught immediately where you were going yeah. with that. Yeah, they make a ray, I think, that makes Superman. I mean, wouldn't you? more sad? I'd make a ray. Yeah. No, if I could make, if I wanted to, if it was in the '60s, <laughs> right. I'd make a death ray. Yeah, I think that's sure. I mean, uh, man with the golden gun that, that can sounds, make a death ray. Uh, I can uh, make that, a death that's ray. That's right, and that that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Joss Whedon in the year of Joss Whedon. Sure, absolutely. The, there you go. Sadness Just ray. getting there. The, the sadness ray. Yeah, and the ray makes him have ennui, I guess, is the sort of the bit. Then he gets sad and he doesn't. And then act two is kind of a mystery to me because I, I don't quite know. The songs don't really give you a whole lot of information as to what's happening. <laughs> the sure, plot no, synopsis. No, right. No, if you're, if you, you know, like me, if you're, you're trying to, to uh, fill in the blanks from the, the cast album, um, and then a little bit from the the again nineteen seventy five uh, TV version, right? Um, which is a, which a, was a lot of it's on YouTube. But like, it's not a yes. great quality. Uh, uh, well, but <laughs> I mean, I'm a, sure the, like, the 4K restoration yeah. of, of this uh, <laughs> TV musical the that, that was you the know, Criterion that Edition clearly was made on a production budget of hundreds and hundreds of dollars. <laughs> will I like the. All. There's a great high res still. If you Google the "It's a Bird, It's a Plane" TV movie of the guy playing Superman, who just kind of looks like, uh, like very, very whiny. Yeah, and very, it's very, very weird. Yeah, there was a great show on. I maybe we should even stop and look up the playwright's name since I'm praising his show. But uh, Theater J, I think, did the second production of it called "The History of Invulnerability." Um, right maybe twenty. 12 i want to say I, I wrote about it for the the city paper and it was um you know this this show that it was kind of a uh siegel and schuster um biography that went into the siegel and schuster but also a little you know sort of cavalier and clay stuff kind of mm -hmm. the, uh, going into the psychology of them having you know in, invented um superman out of survivor's guilt D uh, David Barr Katz is the player's yeah. name. Um, anyway, so if you see mm -hmm. that being produced at a playhouse near you, run, don't walk, go, go, go. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, the the sort of well, that uh, isn't yeah, uh, sullen and um, shrinking Superman is is the through line to that thought. And now that I recall this, he was he was played by Tim Getman, who is not right. a not a small guy. No, you know, but. Um, you know, but they they didn't try to costume him to make him look Herculean in this thing. They they let him be, be. sort of well. It's sort of the old yeah. '50s Superman serials vibe too. <laughs> yeah, where Superman's yeah. just a little bit soft. Like it's not modern, right? Cut Superman or even modern. Sure. I mean, well, I mean, if we modern if cut we, character actor, except actors. you know the explanation or one like the sort of lasting explanation for for his his powers under our, our yellow sun. Yeah. Right? I mean, he right. Sh he, he should be. Well, that should yeah. look like his super jacked. He should. He because should... he doesn't have to. He's just. No. Yeah. He can be whatever shape he wants. The sun will take care of the rest. Yeah. Uh, he should look like Jim Belushi, probably. That'd be good. You know, just sort of round. He's, he's not you know? really taxing himself, right? Uh, in our well, because Christopher Lee, oh, I mean, Christopher Lee, Christopher Reeve always looked great as Superman to me because he wasn't. He was just slim. Like he's not. He's not yeah. chiseled. He's tall and he's slim. And then that's that's kind right. of it. Uh, Although uh, David Prowse, uh, Darth Vader, was his trainer apparently. Yes, to uh, help yeah. him pack on thirty or so pounds <laughs> once he bulked got up, the job, bulked way up. <laughs> right. Which I, again, you know, as with. Uh, you know, De Niro and Raging Bull. I think the, these physical transformations right. were a lot less. Yeah, you know, they, they weren't written into your contract. No, in the, certainly in not. The mid seventies when they were casting this movie. And well, we're living in a world where Stanley Tucci has a six pack. So if that's the sort of the <laughs> ideal character actor has that kind of body, I think we have body issues writ large in our acting sort of. But you brought up a good point actually a second ago. I thought where you this idea of Superman having ennui is kind of in things. But doesn't really come into full pop culture view to me until 
Superman Returns, as you brought that, which I right. never would have thought of if you hadn't brought it up. I have actually seen yeah, it. Yeah, people forget that there is just widespread... Is, is aphasia the word I'm looking... Not aphasia, maybe... No, um, it's kind of aphasia. Just, it's a mass uh, delusional... Like, right. We just sort of agreed or there, not a, remember There's a really movie. good... Um, episode of the the current or uh, x-files season the the darren morgan episode mm-hmm. this this time around um where they're arguing about uh, whether like widespread amnesia is the uh mingala effect i might have to check this yeah too. that sounds right but, but there's yeah, a recurring yeah. joke where they they can't agree on what this phenomenon is is called um it was the mandela effect the is, Manda- that, is that what you're thinking of yes. yeah okay. uh, uh <laughs> charles of course or, right else. i, I, I was uh, yeah. yes I was thinking of the anti-apartheid crusader, right? Anthony I was going to say, yeah. who also directed the English Patient <laughs> and the Talented Mr. and Blue. and yeah. you know spent a long time in jail, right? Twenty-seven some because yeah. people didn't hated like that the movie. They patient. hated the yeah. English Patient. Uh, got uh, an Oscar and a life sentence. Uh, <laughs> but, it but, is, but yeah, no one no one no one remembers Superman, Superman Returns. Returns. I saw yeah. Superman Returns on opening night with a friend, yeah, um, and yeah, I find it to be probably very forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a, actually well. The, what makes me think about about that movie when when I look at the show, it's mm-hmm. a bird, it's a plane, which is uh, you know nominally what we're yeah <laughs> the subject of this. Well, we'll this get discussion. around to it eventually. As I, I I I mean, I I want to like Superman Returns more because there are a lot of interesting choices in mm-hmm. it, such as um, the the rival for for Lois's effect. Not not the rival. I mean, the man she is the in a relationship with, with yeah, and who is who is raising her her right. child. Um, in the movie, which is set, I think, five years after anyone has seen Superman, he's he's gone off to... And it's set after Superman 2, right? Isn't yes, that the, the it, it is. Yeah. And, and we, we do... We, it ignores we need, 3 and 4. Right. And we need a, a term for that, you know, for the, the sort of partial... Yeah, partial... Yeah, oh, but, I, but, but I mean, mean, like, we're, we're like accepting the, some of the continuity, but not... Well, it's like a multiverse theory, not all of it's it. kind of yeah. like... We should get Matt Myra on this, though, because he's great we, at this we, with we his should. James Bond continuity. And this is... You know, this is coming up more and more. Um... But uh, <laughs> and and it's um, oh boy, what's uh, the the name of the terribly famous actor James Marsden who who plays uh, just the the regular guy who who Lois is in a relationship? Oh with, yes, mm-hmm. and he is not you know he is a a completely honorable, mm-hmm. caring. He is a good partner for her. He's probably a better partner than than, than Clark Sup- would yeah. be, and it would be a lot easier for them to. Cast someone we don't like in, right. in that part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and he's not a bad guy. Uh, he's not a villain secretly, as those people nope. often turn out to be in other movies. No, and, and when he's, he's, and, yeah. and he has a, a role to play in the climax of this film, mm-hmm. a, a heroic role where he doesn't, you know, he doesn't reveal himself to be craven or selfish right. or anything. I mean, he, he's doing, yeah, he's, good, doing yeah. he's helping to save the day at the end. Yeah, that's emotional conflict. That's mm-hmm. some good stuff. But there's a lot of other stuff in that movie that isn't quite as. <laughs> Yeah, satisfying, good, or interesting, but hey, you know. Well, I'm sure when we see the the re-edit with Christopher Plummer uh, in the role of of Lex Luthor, <laughs> we'll we'll all have a chance to to reevaluate. Uh, Give it its true rip tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Only if he sings Edelweiss, we'll like yeah. tune in for that. Uh, <laughs> but it is this this show pr- brings up an interesting problem with the Superman character that I kind of have writ large. I've seen. All the Superman movies up to Man... No, I saw Man of Steel. Up to Batman versus Superman. I've not yet mm-hmm. seen that or Justice League. Uh, and Superman, to me, is a very tricky character outside of the comics. Actually, kind of outside of his origin yeah. story. Because... I, I Actually, this is a thought I had watching Superman Returns. In Batman... You can have Batman become Batman and then run around stopping purse snatchers for like 20 minutes because he's a guy, you know, in a suit. Superman has to start the movie, Superman Returns, rescuing a jetliner from crashing out of the sky because he's Superman. Like the things he does have to be that big. But then as the story goes on, it's hard to ramp that up in any kind of way that isn't absurd or exhausting to me. And this musical kind of deals with that in a very creative way by kind of ignoring that problem altogether and just dealing with the human side. But then <laughs> we've got Superman sure, no, not I, really I, I, doing no, anything. No, no, no. no. Yeah. I mean, we're, 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 we're talking and, you know, I mean, we can't, it's a, it's a musical, of course. Yeah, so so right. we can't, you know, completely apply the, the three-act structure. 
this. Right. But but I mean we are we are talking about the you know the moment in the show when the when the plot has to has to kick in and we get a little bit of lyrical exposition creating a, a, a crisis that, mm-hmm. that needs to be that needs to be dealt with resolved, yeah. which seems like a, a good time for me to um, quote some especially woke lyrics. I remember leaving my apartment to buy some minster cheese when suddenly I get kidnapped by a bunch of Chinese. Uh, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> it's such a tortured I mean not for the non-wokeness of it such a tortured rhyme to rhyme Munster why is it Munster I, cheese I know. all you I, need yeah. is, is cheese to get to Chinese and you go with Munster cheese no this is uh, you know what I, I think it's 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 Munster that, that makes it it makes it that, great that no really, that's what I mean that's what makes really it really sells it that gives it the uh, Yes, Lee oh, Adams. Oh boy, well I, could, done. We, I, I wrote down a bunch of these, so we can just, just gr- keep going. Throw them but, out uh, whenever you want. No, but because it, it, but this is the thing is like we could try to go linearly through this show <laughs> if we wanted to, but I don't. It it sort of it exists to me as a whole, as a like blob right. of a show. Like it doesn't. There's one or two. You may have heard. You may have heard the song. Uh, You've got possibilities outside of the show. I think it's the biggest hit. He'll be shy when I get through. It, it is. In the it, show. it apparently has had this afterlife as an audition song. Yeah, um, that's a pretty and, good song. Uh, in his uh, his book, The Secret Life of the American Musical, I'm going to ah. Broadway shows are are built by by Jack Vertel, who is the artistic director of encores and and um, who did this show is uh, yes in 2013 mm-hmm. I think unfortunately yeah. I I did not see it um, and he is a VP of Jujamison Theaters. Um, so this is a guy who I, I I'm giving <laughs> a little retroactive mm-hmm. uh, origin story for for myself here. Uh, my friend Glenn Weldon and I, whose whose book I also have here in front of me, oh. Superman: The Unauthorized Biography, who, uh-huh. who, who did go oh, that's uh, right. I to see um, the encore's mm-hmm. production of uh, "It's a Bird, It's a Plane." We did the same, uh, sadly, no longer funded NEA fellowship together in 2009. The NEA Institute in Theater and Musical Theater with okay. uh, Sasha Annawalt, who runs the uh, arts journalism program at uh, the USC Annenberg School out in LA, um, where they they take you around to, to shows every night for two weeks. And during the day, you're interviewing um, or participating in workshops with directors and designers and choreographers and actors. And, you know, when you're not doing that stuff, you're you're writing about mm-hmm. them. Um, and it's a little, my memory of it is that it was, it was a little bit cult-like because you were, you know, the, the two dozen people who do this are all locked up together for the sure. entirety of this time. And they port you around Los Angeles on school buses. Um, so you don't even get to, to walk anywhere in true L.A. A true fashion. L.A. style. But, yeah. but one of the highlights for this was, was um, uh, a presentation by, by Jack Vertel that I, I now retroactively recognize. This book was published a few years ago, but I, I did this program in 2009. And clearly, you know, he was mm-hmm. just codifying this, this lecture that he's been giving um, for Forever. however many years into... Book length, and I mean, he he is a professor at the at the Tisch School as well, so you know this is familiar material to him. Um, but uh, you know, he he's really a, attempting to identify the the structure and moving parts of the the classic American musical, which for, for him pretty much stops with with hair, I, I think. Really? Uh, so, well, I mean, he does wow. have a so so he does he does write a little bit about Hamilton in this book because he well, he has to, to right yeah. legally. Um, you know, and I mean, I don't, I don't think he's uh, dismissing the the uh, so everything he, that has the, come the classic, out in the last fifty he, I mean, years. But he's he differentiating between the classic and the modern musical. Yes. That, oh, okay. And um, anyway, so uh, sorry, this is a long way around of no, going. I'm, as I, you know, I wanted to um, find out if if uh, he thought it's a bird, it's a plane <laughs> was worthy any, of uh, any any mention and uh-huh. and this. Um, and uh, there there are lots of uh, lots of great. Adjectives in here like uh, obscure, largely forgotten, little known. <laughs> to describe. Yeah. yeah. Um, but let me... Uh, little done. Yeah. Bit, yeah. 
but it, you know he's always talking about um, the the way that that uh, in his view the great shows are are engineered around mm-hmm. a, a star, which which may be one of the, okay. the failings of of this particular show <laughs> of it. since the star. Yes, yeah, so, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a a brief passage. <laughs> sure. Here. Um, in the largely forgotten musical, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. I think the it's Superman was appended later. Um, <laughs> the title character, played by a com- by complete non-star named Bob Holiday, all alone on stage, had a big comic solo called "The Strongest Man in the World." Yes, and this is his "I'm I'm Sad" song. Right, How can the blue man be so blue or right. something? Uh, looking at the show today, you would think the part had been played by somebody important. <laughs> <laughs> And Mandy Patinkin, who was a star on the rise, took the slot in Sunday in the Park with George to display his Danny Kaye-like ability with the satirical tongue twister, putting it together. All along on stage, okay, we're already off of It's a Bird, It's a Plane. So <laughs> its place in history has been I thought he was coming back. appropriately noted. Nope, quote. nope, I was scanning down the page a little a little further. And, uh, you know, it's another 150 pages before it, it gets another three-line mention. Oh, so. gosh. Oh, this is, I feel bad for Bob Holiday because the review in the Times that I, I, I cited earlier similarly talks about how boring he is, but also then saying that's kind of the point. Like the, the review, sort the New York Times review by Stanley Kaufman sort of takes the approach that the show is boring on purpose, or the character's boring on purpose, mm. that this is the point. Superman's kind of a dull blank slate and he has no real inner emotional life except to be the good guy. Right. In quotes. And it's when he accepts that at the end of the show that he is able to go back and do good because sometimes he's sure. saving the life it, of a person he cares about. But it is a awful, like you're not going to put that on your resume, the sentence well, like, he's I mean, boring. I, I think it's it's kind of the, and I, I was thinking about this again uh, last year, um, kind of looking at why why Wonder Woman was so successful, mm-hmm. which I think is, you know, very similar um, in tone and approach to the, the 78 Donner Superman movies. Yeah. When we treat the, these characters as sort of uh, embodiments of virtue, as aspirational figures and stuff, then those stories were great and we embraced them. When we we treat them as characters with inner lives and conflicts and stuff, then, then it all kind of falls apart. You know, we don't want to... Well, it go can. down that road at all. Well, right. the, the it depends um, on the the, the strength in the case of, the of, of Superman. You know, we we um they they tried to do this in the movies, and you know, since two was was written and largely shot concurrently with the first one, and right. you know, climaxes or it doesn't climax, but I mean, the main conflict in it is that he briefly gives up his powers so that right. he can live as a, a mortal, fragile, puny human with Lois Lane, right, and presumably not get the snot beat out of him at a during, truck stop. Well, yes. Just, yeah. uh, <laughs> he does. Yes, uh, he does. And then and then he gets his powers back when he changes his mind, which is a big cheat. Worse. You know, I, I do sometimes wish that the that the movie had a little bit more sense of menace about it and Luther yeah. seemed a little bit scary sometimes. Or had a moment of being scary. Or maybe like, uh within the uh, also my favorite superhero movie score ever, we didn't necessarily need the the uh, Otis tuba. But it is iconic. Yeah. When he's right. tuddling uh, down the subway tunnel, that isn't like... It, it, yeah. Uh, it, that's old school movie making, too. I've, I've that, never like, fallen off a ladder without hearing that, that tuba part in my head. Patrick, or pushed a guy you know. in front of a subway train with a hydraulic wall. That's, that's the two. <laughs> <laughs> that scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Uh, we've drifted off again, Have and we? I think I'm going to leave a lot of this in, because it I think reveals sort of the central problem with this show. Well, I, I mean, it, it is, I think this is representative of, of what the commercial appeal of, of this show was in 1966 is uh, um, Superman was, was having uh, one of his momentary resurgences. Yep. Uh, we, we got some, some Broadway pros mm-hmm. to, uh, to put it together, put him in, uh, <laughs> shoehorn the story into the, the language of Broadway. Um, Which I guess is also what they did with Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Now, I was saying it was oh, weird that they created an original yeah. story, but like they did that for Spider-Man too. So I guess I shouldn't be totally they, surprised. Yeah, they, they did. I mean, I think that that mostly came from Julie Tamer at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, oh God, we're going to have to check this. But I think Glenn Berger wrote the, wrote the book. The, oh yeah, boy, Song you know? of Spider-Man. Okay. Inside story of the most controversial musical in Broadway history. Glenn, I don't think that's true, but I appreciate the subtitle. Yeah. He probably didn't write the subtitle, to be fair. Which <laughs> I, I did I did get around to say, and I mean, I, I saw it after it, it had been heavily uh, refigured. Um, 
you know, after it did, I think they actually closed it for a while and then re well, reopened they, it. Well, they and, technically, but, I'm going to look this up. I mean, because I know it, was, it was in previews for nine years. That's the thing, is the, is the like, oh, come on, IBDB. I put a hyphen in Spider-Man because that's how you spell it. And yeah, it doesn't come up. A, oh. Um goes like, no results. So, yeah, it, <laughs> so it's a funny fact connected to the show. And I brought this up before on this podcast. This the, so uh, it's a bird. It's a bland. Superman ran for 192 performances. Spider Man turned and off the 129. dark. 129. 129. Pardon yeah. me. 129 performances. Oh, then this is even better. <laughs> Spider Man turned off the dark had 182 previews. Performances. <laughs> <laughs> it was in previews right. from November of 2010 until June of 2011. I, I mean, so it did close. I think a couple times in there and re reopen. I think they, they had some hope of trying to. Recoup their massive, they, massive. I mean, it didn't run until 2014. I mean, it ran for three years after it finally yeah. opened. It still didn't make. I mean, the liability insurance alone on that yeah. with all the people who I don't know. fell off this, the whatevers, the wires and webs. I I didn't pay full price. When I <laughs> I don't know why you, why one would. Uh, I have to listen to that show. You know what though? Know, we did. But... I do recall being being moved by the the well deserved standing ovation that the. 47 Spider-Men in that God. show had when they all when, when they, they all, all came come out, out the and end. take their masks off uh, <laughs> yeah limping along you know some of them are rolled out you know so <laughs> they bring the dead ones yeah, out so along some, with the of, some ones. of them are uh, just brains in jars but, but uh so but they did that for for Spider-Man too they created an original kind of sideways weird concept they felt right. worthy of a musical uh succeed or which not which i i mean i don't i don't know if I, I mean that that's certainly the the creating something out of out of whole cloth for for the stage is is the commonality but um, yeah i i think with spider-man it was something way less conventional than we get in the case of it's a bird it's a plane because i again I, I think it was julie Taymor like wanting yeah. to uh god i can't remember who the the villain figure of of spider-man uh, well, it's the green goblin isn't it it, 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 it becomes the green goblin um i think when oh. they when they streamlined it they just made it more of a standard you know uh, motivated yeah. by by revenge oh arachne right the arachne, arachne right so so right. My, this spider. is coming back to me so so yeah, yeah. you know tamer was very invested in the idea of arachne being somehow connected to the the spirit of creativity and mm -hmm. and wildness and uh, uh that was the element of the show that got radically winnowed when she was fired uh when it, yes <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I think, I mean, from all, I and, not, and the geek chorus. I think they took out the geek yes, chorus. Yes, yes. I remember. Yeah, I, 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 it's a show that I, I know for a show I've never listened to. I know a lot about because it's just a hilarious story. And the like, I, I do feel Julie Taymor was unceremoniously scapegoated in what was probably sure. a giant hot I, mess. No, from, I mean, all from over the beginning. I mean, I, I love Julie Taymor. I love Spider Man. Yeah. I love you too. That has not been no, a cool thing to admit in a very long time, but um, you know, I, I like all of these things separately, right? You know, <laughs> I don't. We don't need the multi. I don't. Well, want I mean, peanut butter love, on my steak. And... <laughs> we love. I mean, we love Robert Benton. We love Charles Strauss and Lee Adams. We love Hal Prince. But if you put them all together, yeah. and you like Superman, yeah. And but you I, put them I, all together. I mean, and... But but this is. I, I think, I, I mean, a lot of the pleasure that I get out of listening to It's a Bird, It's a Plane is just that it's so full of anachronisms, um, you know, but it's not a, oh, it's not you, painful. Like, well, just, it's it just, it's so, like, I think it's a little, a, a little dated, even for 1966. Uh, I'm so glad you said that, because I feel exactly the same way. <laughs> it's really funny to think that, did Hal Prince go from this to Cabaret, or had he just come uh, from Cabaret? I, when was Cabaret? Cabaret is... Uh, Cabaret the movie I think, is 72. I, I think, think Cabaret's next is, year. Uh, I think Cabaret okay. opens on Broadway in 67. Um, and... Oh, 66, yeah. according to this. But it had to be later. Um, but, 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 I mean, just, just to finish this... Yeah. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, It's a Bird, It's a Plane, I think, is, is perfectly pleasant to, to scroll. You know, it's, it's, it's not uh, wearying. Where, whereas um, Spider-Man was just not... I, I can't imagine listening to that cast album... Yeah. You know, with like minus the the stunts, where you know there's a very real possibility that someone is going to mangle themselves um, in front of you, mm -hmm. and then you know the stage manager is going to announce a hold for 15 minutes. You got to clean this up. Yeah, another brain in a jar broke across the stage. But it has a feeling to me listening to this critically. I felt the same way. We just did uh, Don Mike Mendoza from Latido was here to talk about. Uh, Do I hear a waltz? 
Um, and we've also done on this show uh, Floor of the Red Menace, which was the first Kander and Ev show, which came out a couple oh, years before this. That was this. Uh, Hannah, Hannah Hessel? Hannah Hesselrenner, yes, yeah. did that. I, I am a fan of hers. And uh, as am I. She's a great person. And all of those, these three shows mm-hmm. all sound the same to me, mm-hmm. which is they're not, they're all mid-60s shows. They are not bad. They're not necessarily good either they're also more more than any of that they're not distinct like you i feel like if i could make a playlist of mixing songs from those three shows together if i took liza minnelli out of the equation and just passed it off to somebody and said what do you think of this show yeah they'd kind of go yeah all three of those sound like the sure same you know and, and like what what romantic comedy would would you've got possibilities not fit in mm-hmm. you know you you could just port that over to to anything yeah it does yes it has a very generic kind of I'm also not sure who that character is, Sidney Carlton, uh, <laughs> at all. Wasn't wasn't she in A Tale of Two Cities? It, am, I, am I confused? <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep cut. Thank right you. There. Yeah, Thank nicely you. done. Um, is A Tale of Two Cities a deep cut? For wow. well, for a character reference, yeah, right. I think, yeah. That's not a deep cut in the grand sense. Yeah. It's not like you pick. I no. can't pick another obscure. The Anthony Minghella effect was a deep. That's cut. a deep cut. That's a really <laughs> nice. <laughs> May he rest that. in peace. I'm taking it. Yes, uh, it, but it is. Yeah, because even it's also one of the few songs though that doesn't explicitly reference Superman, and it's like because you could also throw, <laughs> like I'm not finished yet. Sans the Superman really yeah. has also a very generic kind of musical feel to it, uh, but it's just funny that I mean Charles Strauss, our composer, wrote "By My Birdie" before this, which is not super uh, brilliant score, I don't think, but is a unique sound. Like that mm, score has. Yeah different genres in it and different kind of has 60s rock mixed with 60s contemporary and some Spanish music influences to give it an interesting score. Annie, of course, later will become an iconic piece of music theater uh, when it opens. And in between, he wrote a lot of things, but one of them was this sort of like, hmm, kind of show where I'm like, it feels very first draft. Just like Do I Hear a Waltz feels very first draft to me. It feels like, listen, we open on we open on Wednesday, so what do you got? Like, it's not, you know, it's Superman. They're going to come or they're not. It's Richard Rogers. They're going to come right. or they're not, you know. Right. And so that's that's how the line, you know, gee, I'd like a steak. Well, I'm punching bad guys just stays in the show because <laughs> got to have some syllables here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the... got it's all, it's got to, yeah, the lyrics are awful. <laughs> I think we can just sort of whole cloth say that. I never like to say that, but it does feel all right. I guess that's that's that what we're going. Sure, with. you know, or it's possible that the the specification of Munster cheese gave us some some real insight into into Lois into character. Lois's character. And it, yeah, and that's how you know that um, that moment could not have been in any other show. And it, no, not at all. Or indeed, in any show written after nineteen. Uh, I don't know. After Jonathan Price was cast as the engineer in Miss Saigon, any show after that? Well, right? sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a racially sensitive show, but I don't think we go to shows <laughs> in the '60s for that necessarily. Big splashy Broadway musicals for. It is weird that she's captured by Chinese gangsters at the end, though. Can we just like overtly? It's not brought up before that, right? I don't think that. And I mean, I think there's not the... a Chinese crime ring that's like part no. of the plot. Yeah, they're just. But you, so you sort of feel like we, you know, we had this whole acrobatic thing kind of worked out, mm. <laughs> which uh, you know probably a lot of rehearsal time. So oh sure, a lot of a lot of choreography. Yeah. Dedicated so to so the... like the one thing that I kind of wanted to be able to see from this show is is what gets taken out of the. 1975 ABC television yes. version, <laughs> which is a re- I mean, referenced it a few times, but it's so funny to me that in like 1975 on video, of course, because it's so great, there's an abridged version of this, yeah, starring Leslie Ann Warren yep. <laughs> as Lois Lane and Loretta Swit, which is a, uh-huh. a, a during Mash Loretta Swit, like right. not you know not pre Mash Loretta Swit. Well, and the, again, so this is you know seventy five. So the the Superman movie is not no. shooting yet, but things are happening. You know, there's there's casting going on, financing is being put together, and how Ilya Salkind, who was just throwing money around, was just like, oh, the Godfather the is the biggest hit in history. I'm going to get Mario right. Puzo to write the screenplay. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm going to get Gene Hackman because he's hot. I'm going to yeah, uh, without regard to appropriateness of these creators for, right. for this material yes with um, no, no regard but, but a for guy with, with that that kind of money to spend like how he allows this 75 cheapo tv at, at it he must just have not known about it you know because i would have well, i would have expected him to just prevent this well <laughs> like, you wonder what the rights uh, situation is with that though because i remember reading this this it's a bird it's a plane has been revived 
a couple times yeah. off Broadway. Once his encores did it, uh, and then there was a theater in Dallas who did it. Um, oh boy, I wonder not if I wonder too if the long ago did the. If they did the gangsters or if they did the acrobats. I'm going to guess they did the gangsters. That's yeah. a that's a that's just a guess on my part. Uh, but there was a, a big a regional theater in Dallas did it. It was that was one of the reviews I found when I looked it up. And both of them mentioned that like as always comes up at these things like is it going to go to Broadway, a big professional yeah. production? And both mentioned the fact that they thought the DC would try to prevent that. Uh, mm. How you would prevent that exactly, I don't know. Uh, but. I guess they could certainly do what the Harper Lee estate is doing right now with Mockingbird. Yeah, just keep yeah, suing yeah, yeah. people until they give until it becomes financially un, untenable. Um, but I would imagine that the film wouldn't be able to stop the musical, which might be one of the advantages to it having no characters in it except Lois Lane, Superman, and yeah. Perry White. If it doesn't have Lex Luthor, you're not gonna right. You're not gonna mix it up. I mean, I, I do know that that somehow DC, even you know, in the early '70s, when the idea of you know, comics becoming the grist for massive blockbuster movie right. franchises was, you know, sounded crazy. Uh, they apparently still had casting approval. Um, mm. Yeah, because they they signed off on all the the people that you would think of Superman initially: Paul Newman, Dustin Hoffman, Clint Eastwood. Dustin Hoffman is hilarious. Uh, He's on that list at all. Yeah, it's a direction. I mean, it's a uh-huh. choice. It's a. <laughs> Pacino, Pacino, Richard Dreyfus unavailable. Yeah. God, Dreyfus. Well, this is this is a he's, little yes, before Jaws, so is, so he's probably not enough of a that's star a, yet. Yeah, right. Yeah. Pre Goodbye Girl too, so he's not yeah. cachet worthy. Yeah, I, I, it's just, oh my God, Chris, you picked a tricky one though, because we're having a lot of trouble staying. Well, <laughs> on topic with it. you know, it's a <laughs> because it's a it, show that points to a lot of other things. Well, and, it is, uh, but it is that I think the the, the reviews when it came out were largely favorable, apparently, though not, you know, raves. It just couldn't sell tickets, it seems to be, like, the biggest issue it had. Yeah. And, well, I, and, I and think apparently that, they, they, you know, hit upon the idea of discounting them a little bit and, like, adding yeah. matinees and stuff because this was a show with the appeal kids, to, yeah. to children. Although, I try to imagine the tedium of a, of a 10-year-old. You'd leave it in intermission. <laughs> I mean, you thing. would, yeah. like, if, if yeah. I brought my kid to this, to, to th- expecting to see a Superman musical yeah i would have left it in remission because it'd be very clear that this is really going to be like there might be a big fight moment thing (laughs) coming and even though it ends with uh it's super nice which is the big sort of 60s (laughs) feels like the rich man's frug for a few minutes at the end with the the super girls come out and they have this dance number Uh, it, it doesn't, it's clear this is not going to be what I bought. Unlike if when you went to see Spider-Man, I think you'd be like, yep, that's what I, it's acrobats and it's yeah, running and well, flying and jumping. Well, that guy's not getting and, back up. Yeah, okay. no, that's I terrible. got my $250 Ooh, worth. It's, it's like an NFL blooper reel. Uh, but you, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I would have left. Yeah. I would have not. Yeah. And I would have told all of my friends, be like, nope, don't take the kids to see that. It is not what you think it is at all. <laughs> and then you're not going to, obviously you're not going to play. Uh, so, so you're you're predicting failure for the Adventure Theater uh, production forthcoming fall 2018, which is uh, of uh, of it's a bird, it's a plane. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just announced it. They don't know. You, that they it's don't know that it's yet, happening yet. But, uh, uh, but it is that. Fu- I actually this has been a lot in my mind lately because I went and did uh, speaking of adventure, I went and did Career Day at my son's school to talk uh, about the production of Tinkerbell that I wrote for Adventure that's coming in June. And that's a real production. That's a real production. Let's, pro- let's make a real- clear oh, distinction. Between- everyone who listens to this podcast knows yeah. this is a real production. I, <laughs> I can't stop talking about it. And I asked the kids, like one of the questions I asked the kids was like, well, if you go to see Peter Pan, what do you expect to see? And they all said flying, which is what I wanted because then I talked about how we don't have wires at Adventure. We're doing interesting things with choreography. Mm, it is definitely. the problem of this show. Like when you go to see Superman, you expect flying, which apparently they had, mm. but you expect Superman to beat up on bad guys. And that yeah. seems to be like that was the opening 
and that's the finale. And in between, yeah. it's just a lot of angst. There's a lot of yeah. emotional angst among, and a lot of it not involving Superman, but involving this mad scientist and this columnist who we've literally just met tonight. Yeah. So what are we going to do with all that? I don't, it's really, really, which is also frustrating to me because inside of this idea of a mad scientist who's just mad he's never won the Nobel Prize, that's kind of funny. <laughs> like that's just, that's a little, that's a funny comedic idea. Uh, being, do they have finalists for the, for the Nobel? I should know this. Ah, that's um, a good question. I don't know. But um, we can yeah, ask, the fact that we he, can ask he, he thinks <laughs> he was passed over 10 times. Right. And, it, and yeah. I have to say, lyrically speaking, actually, that song is impressive. That dopey Wolfgang Pauli for his work in fission. I used to help that punk with long division. And Fermi for his brilliant neutron system. That Bobby wouldn't know a neutron if it kissed him. Ah, but the thing that really drove me to a fury. They gave the prize to Harold Urey. The shocking thing about the matter is... My heavy hydrogen was heavier than his. Revenge, revenge. Oh, it will taste so sweet. A misanthrope, yes, I might be. An outcast of society. Think what you like, but just give me revenge. It, it, so, like, there's some good comedic ideas in here, and I, Jack Cassidy is weird casting for Max, especially because he has to have be first built in these third, fourth characters. Yep. Yeah, it's just, you kind of can't believe that all these people signed off on this and put it up on stage, except for the fact that it is, they, I guess they all just assumed it's Superman. That's a property. It'll sell at least enough yeah. that we make our well, money I mean, back. I'm, I'm trying to think where where is Superman in in 1965? You know, there isn't much the the TV show hasn't been on for, right, that was for in a the while. 50s. Yeah. But I think that going off of what you said about mm. Batman being and also Batman being the TV show being a non-traditional adaptation of Batman, like a not an earnest Yeah. Uh, he he was actually being overly earnest, like sort of yeah. ironic and, hero. And, and actually, I, I don't know if we would even say non-traditional because apparently the the pilot, at least, is just a verbatim uh, transcript. Of, right. Uh, I can't remember what what issue. Well, and but with no attempt to to consider the strengths of television as a medium versus <laughs> versus comic books, static panels. Right. Yeah. And in and uh, I mean they got the bright colors right, but other than that, it's a. So yeah, I, I I don't I don't it, it really falls under the heading of like I get why they did this. It's not quite a why musical. Like yeah. I get it, but it is in terms of and I do appreciate trying to put an emotional story on it to get, to warrant people breaking into song because it does follow that sort of Oscar Hammerstein traditional when the emotions reach a peak right. we burst into sure. song model. Uh, it's just been, like from the title down, the thing's kind of bananas to yeah. me. That it's not just Superman the musical. It's it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yeah, I mean, again, you try to. It's 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 sort of a, a halfway approach when you introduce these these characters who are are fresh to the story, but you're also you're not doing except for that one number, sort of the psychology of of Superman, and not, not right. that not that any any attempt to to get into this has ever really been fully successful, you know, in any of the the many subsequent adaptations of this this character that have followed this. But um, I don't know, like maybe you do do a show about regular people reacting to the presence of uh, super folk, you know, and how this alters their their belief systems or or their their sense of self or their. Mm -hmm. Or their sense of, you know, obligation, responsibility for, for the world, knowing that there's this, you know, benign and seemingly omnipotent right. figure out Undefeatable, there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it does solve the, uh, the sort of undefeatableness or in, indestructibleness of Superman and in the interesting way that he sort of defeats himself. I mean, he, yeah. if, if he gives up, that's really the only way this is all going to go bad. So yeah. that's kind of interesting. Need, but need that steak, baby. It, it, yeah, right. Uh, it did... It just as you were saying that occurred to me that I think that what I really would want to see is Lois Lane the musical, where Superman is like yeah. a very minor character. Sorry, are you referring Upton. to Lois Lane, comma girl reporter? What is Lois Lane, girl reporter? Am I way off? Oh no, I I oh. uh, I think that 
may have been the title of her her solo comic. her solo comic. I, I, oh, okay, I, there's not a show that I'm that I'm. I, I don't know if that's part of the if that's one of the sort of unofficial suffixes like Superman. Oh, that's movie, true. Lois Lane, the, Girl Report. I got yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I would like to see. I would because those are the moments of like this this woman who's in love with this guy, and that's how the show ends. I mean, the show ends. He frees her. He fights all the Chinese. He frees <laughs> sure. her. He defeats Max and, and Sedgwick. And then Lois is about to really confess her feelings, and he flies away to stop something else that has to be stopped. Yeah. And it's which I, I I think is a missile. Yeah, headed towards <laughs> Earth. A, there's always a missile. Sounds weird. There's always a missile. Right? Yeah. Death Wish has been a black. Death every, Ray. Everyone right. is is remarkably. Well, I don't know. In this, uh, you know, in 2018, <laughs> the idea That's true. of, of just being sort of uh, yeah, like imminent terror sort of fez about uh, you know. Kim Jong Un and the right, president exchanging and tweets. And, yeah, yeah, just whatever. Guess, okay, I withdraw okay. my objection before I even spoke. <laughs> it, Your pro- yeah, the prosaic yeah. approach to impending doom. Yeah, it you know you get used to it after a while. I yeah, so that's that's I'm sort of much more interested in the secondary characters and then especially Lois than Superman in this context anyway. But you said that you're sort of echoing something I'd said too. The the idea that this is a hard character to adapt. What do you think is the most successful? A film adaptation, we'll say, of um, Superman. Boy, you know, it's it's weird because I I I don't even think that the the Donner movie completely works. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I think having a different actor play uh, Clark as a as a teenager is is weird, um, well, especially because they give him those prosthetics. Then, to, yeah. It, it, they do like that Joseph Gordon Levitt and Looper thing, where right. they kind of try to make him look more like Reeve, and as a result, he looks less like Christopher Reeve yeah. to me. <laughs> I I thought it worked better in Looper than it did. It in, does work in, better in, in Looper, uh, in yeah. Superman, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also, apparently, that actor Jeff East, I think, mm-hmm. I, I didn't didn't know that they were going to dub him with yeah. uh, Christopher Reeve's voice, yeah. which, and apparently found out when he saw the movie, mm-hmm. which is just it is yeah. terrible, right? Um, just like how Lazenby found out they dubbed him for the British <laughs> as a British, Sir British guy. right? Yeah. Uh, that stinks so bad. Yeah, um, or how Adrian Brody found out he'd been edited out of Thin Red Line when he went to the premiere. <laughs> It's the main character of that movie when it was being shot. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I I feel more for him than I do for Travolta and Clooney, who I think like both walk on at the. And again, I, mm-hmm. I have not seen The Thin Red Line since it was released in 1998. But, yeah, uh, I, I think Clooney and Travolta like both walk on, Pop for, on. for yeah. 40 seconds and like pen, in the, in the pens third in it. Hour, yeah, like, for yeah, like somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I I love the the Daily Planet stuff in in the 78 movie mm-hmm. said the the balcony scene and I, I mean i love that so much that i can can overlook everything else uh about it that that doesn't work and that's that's kind of been the like i i have to take my uh piecemeal gratification in adaptations of superman because mm-hmm. none of them are are wholly successful um you know and that movie is widely beloved whereas man of steel is not but i i think the first two-thirds of man of steel are really good um i would agree you know i yeah. i think the the third act is is so so bad that it the stench you know yeah, kind yeah. of wafts over everything else yeah yeah, yeah, yeah totally yeah. but i i i really i really like most of that film and i actually think think the um the little coda it has where mm-hmm. we see you know clark going back to going back to work yeah, uh, I I think that really works too. So, yeah, um, I don't know, man. It's it's more of a but but I think what I mean if if any of these characters, any any of these franchises, any you know anything that that spans generations, decades, it, if they had ever gotten a an ideal expression, why would we have to keep doing them? You know, I, I sort of like that we recognize that there's an interesting set of ideas here somewhere um, that yeah. uh yeah that can be manipulated in all kinds of ways and that we don't have to choose among them but you i know? do wonder if superman is at his best when he's in, in film anyway mm-hmm. when he's not our central character because the angst of a guy who's like perfect in a lot of ways doesn't it doesn't sustain to me you yeah. know like because uh, interestingly my favorite superman movie when i was a kid was actually superman 3 Okay. Which is objectively terrible. I'm not going to like stand and defend the quality or not of Superman 3 because it's sort of, I mean, from a tonal standpoint, it's a Richard Pryor movie for 20 yeah, minutes before which, it even which becomes. Which I mean, a I, I feel movie. like that that is that is kind of how it, it it reflects upon. It's a bird, it's a plane. So it's yeah. like we're gonna take this thing that's already happening and uh, wait now now it's a Richard now Pryor it's a Richard vehicle. Pryor movie. Yeah. It's like there's a great comment on I think it's on how did this get made that uh, Jason Manzukas I think thinks that. Richard Pryor was probably like two weeks into shooting and they're like, okay, then Superman shows up and he goes, what? Like, it's a Superman movie. I, I don't think so. I, I think I'm in every single scene in this movie. I think this is a Richard Pryor movie. And the whole uh, bit about like uh, 
well, well, their their evil scheme gets gets yes. briefly uh, reawakened in Office Space. I right think about rounding off, rounding the, off like his, fractions of his, a cent. Yeah, that's to, the, but like yeah, I found, but I, I mean, found, but the, that sounds like the like a good premise for a screwball comedy for a comedy, like, right? Yeah. And it's got good jokes in it when he like steals all the money and then buys a Lamborghini. It's the only way he gets caught. But uh, like I found as a kid, especially the robot woman at the end when she gets all the pieces slapped on her and she get like that was terrifying that's to me that's as a scary child. Yeah. um i mean the the junkyard fight between between uh, the two supermen you know, i think it's is still that superman red and superman blue or, or uh it's, it's like pale clark superman and clark superman it's clark or... right drum yeah. superman yeah. yeah that's that's a that's a good and the idea of trying to make kryptonite yeah. and when you get it wrong it doesn't hurt him <laughs> but it does things to, like it's still got all the elements in it it yeah. still does something and it's not a bad idea it's, and uh, that seems to be the through logos. line of like what we but every superman movie we've mentioned has had this thing we're like that's not a bad idea and that's a good scene and that's okay it's just i mean superman 4 is terrible i think i can sort of write that I've, off whole I, cloth. i've never seen it really I've never I can lend it to you if you want it's i uh, have it's the in set my bad movie but i've collection. never um, i've never seen it it's never a, never a, saw the the fifth die hard either patrick i just my heart can't take it which one's the fifth one did i see that? uh i think it's that's the one with his son yeah and timothy oliphant yeah with jai no timothy no oliphant i saw that one four okay that's, that's live free or die, die hard, hard. Oh, uh, five is the one with him and his kid like running through the Jai streets, Courtney. Like, right? Running, gunning, uh, yeah. yeah. And it's oh, in it's in Russia, I think. Yeah, that's yeah, a terrible. I, um, that is a terrible movie. Yeah, you didn't miss. I a just thing. didn't know. Well, I, it, I can't. It also yeah. likes, and actually, it's the difference between a good a bad movie that is fun to watch, like Spider Superman three, or Spider Man three for that matter, and a or uh, the man with the golden gun. Yeah. It's not quite in the same category, though, as those two movies. I just, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I always forget how bad Man with the Golden Gun is till I rewatched it recently for keeping up with the James Bonding podcast. Uh, but as opposed to movies like, I think, Superman 4 and Die Hard 5, that they are not fun. They are yeah. earnest and serious and think they're really great. And as a result, it just sucks all the fun right. out of it. And they're just bad. They're just not fun to watch. And I would think I would actually go see... It's a bird. It's a plane. If it was playing nearby somewhere, because it's so bananas, like yeah, I would really want to see. I want to see. Feel compelled. I think it's but, worth you know, doing. In my respects. I don't think it's worth trying to revive it in New York, but I think that, you know, I would love to see. Uh, I'd love to see Flying V's production of It's a Bird. It's a Plane. I think that would be <laughs> tremendous. But a theater, they're, on, they're definitely the company level, to do it. Yeah. I think they. I don't know if they take their superheroes too seriously. Although maybe I don't know if Jason I don't know. would handle it. Uh, your move, Synetic Theater. Let's, uh, let's see what you, what you got. They could do the silent. You're going to have to have lyrics in this one. Yeah, sorry. We, we've uh, we've agreed that the lyrics are the strength of this show. Yes, so. absolutely. They're the well. They're the thing that keep me coming back. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. is the lyrics. I didn't. I just now saw a fact here on Wikipedia though that might be relevant to you specifically because you grew up around here, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, that the overture was used as the opening and closing theme for all the newscasts on WTOP TV. Yeah, I read that. Channel Nine. And, yeah, uh, I, I don't Do recall know? that, but I I also I mean I I didn't I had never heard Can't this say music that you were until pe- right. a few years ago, so I wouldn't so have, not, I wouldn't have recognized it's not it. Not quite landing. Yeah. At the time anyway. Uh, what is your favorite song from the show? Uh, maybe Revenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think yeah I think revenge I think uh I mean again like like possibilities <laughs> is a is a, a very good song but uh but just so said generic, it, it, yeah. it would just fit anywhere mm-hmm. yeah. it could yeah. be in any show it, it, it all I really liked I have to say even though we've been quoting the bad lyric over and over again this last couple times I listened to it I'm not finished yet really like it's an interestingly yeah. buoyant number at the end of this right. after a long slog of act two which is a lot of songs I don't really care about that song kind of comes out at the end I'm like yeah all yeah. right yeah I'm not finished yet, Superman won't let me die He will plummet from the sky Why, he's on his way, I'll bet Any moment he'll appear And he'll whisk me out of here No, sir, I'm not finished yet You've tied my hands, but you can't tie my spirit You'll find we journalists are hard to scare You may be going home before you Although I, I have to like, I'm, I'm a little shaky on song titles with this one because this is an insufferable thing to say. But I really did get like my first copy of this was a was a vinyl copy that I found. Mm-hmm. It. So I, you know, I so it just I plays. Yeah, ripped it into my iTunes, and you know, each side is a is a track. It's a track, so, and there you go. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, the that's actually we just talked we talked about that not too long ago when Daniel Moen was here talking mm-hmm. about Superstar and how it's just like if you listen to the thing on record originally, you're not like 
obsessively yeah. checking the sleeve. It just sort of plays in the background. And this has a lot of songs in it. It was really, this is like. They're short. They are yeah. all very short. It's where I think a lot of it's on YouTube for free. You guys can check it out. The uh, the whole the nineteen seventy five uh, ABC TV production is also on YouTube, which I will. I have not watched well, all of. I've watched yeah. enough of to know that I, if I want to watch more, it's it's uh, it's going to be a um, chore. I mean, we we can say for certain that it is about thirty minutes shorter than the Star Wars Holiday Special. So, oh gosh, yes. I just not, saw that not for- quite as rewarding as. Uh, well, then you get the greatest. Yeah. That, talk about a great song. The lyrics to the. You never knew the Star Wars theme song had yeah. lyrics to you for Carrie Fisher. <laughs> sing them slightly out of her range. just saw that for the first time last year i finally wow. got well, that's a copy that's of it. a real rite of passage and it yeah. is it's everything i hoped it would yep. be and so much more it is <laughs> oh my god and I, I mean it's a little comforting to know that that there are powers that that george lucas doesn't have you know as much as he yeah. would like to delete this from from existence this was great chris thank you so much for doing <laughs> this i'm uh yeah, i'm um, very glad we I was, dropped by to talk musicals and uh, musicals. and everything else i was really happy when you chose this show i really was because it it's one of those things that like no not enough people know about that it's a real show you can buy this album like the cd's not out of print yeah no it's you can find this you can find <laughs> i think not... all of it on youtube i think i, I, I got a little it on... disappointed because like when i when i got that I, well first of all when i i found the the lp i, mm. I think i paid 20 bucks for it which in today's money or in yeah no, oh, this, wow. this was and this was in 2016 um it's got to be in, rare in asbury I mean, park to... and oh, wow. i yeah uh it's but gotta, I, yeah I, I was a little disappointed to find that it's you know you can copies can be had for less for less than 20 <laughs> it's uh not such a white whale of a you're not gonna put it up record. on your wall like it's a great you know uh, i gave it this. i gave it to glenn oh he has it up on, on well that's his a, wall let's see that's a, well, for a gift then that's that's a other great. superman memorabilia <laughs> Uh, so where can people find you? You have a, a .com and a .net, oh, I boy. found. Yeah. yeah. Well, Which one do you prefer? <laughs> you know, one is the Superman blue site. One is the, the Superman red. Red. Uh, no, the content is identical. I was supposed to uh, choose one mm-hmm. platform five years ago or, or so, and uh, I continue to maintain two because... I have very little regard for well, my it's own your name, time, I, I mean, guess. Yeah. But uh, yes, they all have links to, to all my writing and very occasionally some original stuff that I couldn't persuade anyone to pay me for. Mm. Um, I'm on Twitter at C-T-K-L-I-M-E-K. Um, so you can keep track of me there. Also, uh, Aaron Space Magazine. My my day job. Your byline is all over the place, and City Paper and uh, Aerospace Magazine, and, uh, NPR, and NPR, um, yeah. yeah. So I'm pop it up, and on podcasts, if you listen, if you're not listening to the James Bonding podcast, I don't know, I don't know if what kind of Venn diagram <laughs> this 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 show has with that, but I love both of them. So you know, you know, it it's out. it's made some converts. Like it, I was already into those movies, but I mean, it it, it has really renewed my interest. And um, my girlfriend, who never enjoyed them before. And like now we'll ask to watch, uh, you know, Moonraker or something. Well, and yours, your episode actually is a really interesting litmus test for how deep you want to go into James Bond because it's the third never made Timothy yeah, Dalton Yeah, sure. Film. No, we're talking about a James Bond movie that doesn't even exist. Right. With and it's you and the great the our everyman for that episode is is Mark McConville. Well, thank you very much for coming, oh, Chris. This was super so great. Fun. Thank so you, great Patrick. to meet you. The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts from the convenience of your iPhone and or check out the original cast on Stitcher if that's how you get down. My thanks to Chris Klimek for coming down and talking to me today. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. <laughs>